Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us for today's podcast for IceToSea.com. If you're listening to this on Anchor or any other podcast streaming platform, make sure to visit our website at IceToSea.com. That's I-Z-2-S-E-E.com for blogs, cool pictures, interesting videos, and even merch. Don't forget to share. And if you have a Google device, make sure to download the app. You can search us in the Google App Store at eyes to see or Prov 2012, P-R-O-V-2012. That's for our scripture verse. Proverbs 20, verse 12 says, Eyes to see and ears to hear, both the gifts from the Lord. If you have an Apple device, make sure to follow us on Facebook. Search it the same way, Prov 2012, to get notifications. And don't forget to leave us a comment. Enjoy today's show. Hi, guys. It is Monday, September 14th. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm really excited about starting to do more of these. The podcasts are an awesome way for me to be able to get information out to you guys because I don't have to worry about a lot of editing or having my makeup done or any of these crazy things. But some of the stuff I've been sharing on Facebook, but I really wanted to put it all together here into one conversation. Uh, a lot of these podcasts I want to start doing, I, want, I would like to start having more guests and I actually have a setup where we can have people come in and I can I can have people uh, come in on Zoom and things like that. And I think it's going to start being a lot of fun. But I want to talk about where we are right now. This year, we are in such a crazy place. 2020 has been just a dumpster fire. Uh, it's just been crazy. And we still have a third of the year left to go. And it's kind of terrifying to me that we still have that much time left. Like God only knows what can happen, but it's also kind of exciting because I know that there are some really cool things that are coming this year. I know that God's going to do some really amazing stuff. So everybody just make sure, you know, if you're in a, especially if you're in an area that hasn't really been touched by a lot of craziness and violence yet, I keep hearing people encouraging, just make sure that you have food stored up, you have some water. If you're if you're a second amendment person, make sure that you're you're stocked up on that and everything and and also make sure that you're stocked up on prayer and uh and you know, just praying I I all the time and praying angels around my house and my loved ones' homes and and my kids and everything. So, you know, Christians just make sure we keep each other in prayer, we keep the world in prayer. And I mean, this has been just the craziest year that I have ever known. I think all of us can say that. We started off the year with this crazy virus and all the locking down and, and all that. And then it, it went into all these, now we've got these riots and this insane racism happening. And then of course that became old news. So now I had to go back to the virus, like a lot of us predicted was going to happen. And you know, we have the election coming up in less than a couple of months and we've got mail-in voting, discussions and we have a presidential candidate that can't even uh doesn't even know his name half the time we have a dementia and just this insanity crazy craziness and i really have to stop and think like how did we get here how did america and humanity get to this place that we are having conversations about defunding our police departments and let's just not have cops let's just have social workers come around and take care of things when this this insanity when things happen it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. But I really fully sincerely believe that none of this is by accident. I think it is not by accident, but also this is not what they planned. What we've talked about before, you know, the, the cabal, the Illumidonkey, the, the bad guys that are up there trying to, trying to run this world into the ground. And why I think that this is a lot on them is because QAnon actually at the, 
earlier stages of their of their existence, their beginnings, posted what they talked about being a 16-year plan. And it was basically that there would be one president come in and spend eight years weakening our country, weakening our military, weakening our spiritual foundation, weakening our um, financial, our, our economy, our standing in the world. And then there would be another president come in and spend eight years completing that, uh, leading us into World War III. And by the end of these 16 years, America would basically no longer cease to exist. We would be uh, absorbed into the one world government. And we've already had the first eight years. We had the first eight years with our last administration. And the reason why President Trump is facing so much opposition from the Democrat Party is because he wasn't the one that was supposed to be in. It was supposed to be Hillary. And, you know, none of us wanted Hillary. And nobody with a with a functioning brain in their head wanted Hillary in office because we all know that she's terrible. But we can look at a lot of things that the Democrats are calling for and asking for now, and we see these things, a lot of the open borders, things like changing the Second Amendment, removing the Electoral College, you know, they want to revise our Constitution. There's a lot of things that Hillary would have been doing that we are so thankful that she's not here to do. She's not in that position. But I, were, I, can, I can attest to seeing things happen in the last administration, and I remember the sequestration. I remember being furloughed for one day a week, for six weeks, that's a fourth of a paycheck. And when you're a single mother, especially, that's a lot of money that comes out of your paycheck. I remember seeing reports of aircraft carriers that were stuck in dry dock because we didn't have the money to maintain them, which means that we were not able to have units of military in zones in the country where they were doing things like cutting off heads of, of innocent American journalists and different things like that. And meanwhile, while we were suffering like that, that same administration was sending those same enemies of ours palletfuls of cash. I mean, in the into the billions of dollars, and doing this apology tour, going around the world apologizing for America and leading from behind, and and all this this craziness. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that think he was amazing and phenomenal. And okay, you're allowed to, to think that, but I'm just giving you my point of view on it. But I think that what we're seeing, especially with this the tension and the unrest. I think what we're seeing is the shadow of what should have been according to their plan. Uh, I think that had Hillary gotten into office, we would actually be seeing these things a lot worse. We'd be seeing, we'd have a vaccine, we'd have a microchip, we'd be seeing FEMA camps, we'd be seeing guillotines, we'd be seeing all these, these crazy things that no, you can't buy or sell or eat or feed your kids or anything unless you take this microchip implant that we're, we're telling you to have. I think that we'd be seeing a lot of this stuff. And like I said, the plan would have been at the end for America is no longer America. We no longer exist. We're now a communist country and we have no choice but to let the communist one world government suck us in. And the powers that be, they don't like that. They don't want that. They're angry. They're angry that God put a man in that position to stop them and to put a pause on that plan. I remember hearing a, po a, a podcast, an interview. It was at the beginning of my red pill process, and I don't remember who it was on earth I was listening to. But this he was a speaker, and he was a Christian. And he was talking about, back in 2016, he had a friend who was in the Democrat Party. And I guess this guy was in on the, the deep state. And his friend told him about the election 
He said, it doesn't matter who gets what votes. It's already been decided it's going to be given to Hillary. And he said, the next day, the day after the election, I woke up and I had a text from my friend. And it was only two words. And he said, God intervened. And I fully believe, I've said this the entire time, I fully believe that God put President Trump in place to thwart the plans of the enemy and to give us as humanity one more season of grace before the countdown starts, before this thing kicks off, before we actually get into, we're diving into Revelation. I think we are in the birth pangs of it. A lot of people say that. I think we're on the edges. I think we're on the precipice. But I think that the God we serve is loving and he's merciful. And just like the Bible says, he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants everyone to come to repentance. So he's going to give people as much of a chance as he possibly can. And I think that that's, that's the struggle that we're seeing. We're seeing what they wanted to happen, what should have been per their plans versus God's plan, God's intervention. And they're fighting that. And I think they're going to keep on fighting. I had a prophetic word um, a couple of, uh, well, a few months ago. It was right at the beginning of when the rioting started, like 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how many of you guys remember that. But God God told me that, the, he said, the places where we're seeing the rioting and the burning, that is what, what you're seeing in the physical is what's happening in the spiritual, except in the spiritual, it's the Holy Spirit is wrecking the enemy strongholds in those areas. And we're seeing that react by the, the spiritual is especially demonic is 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 just stirring these people that 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 are under this bondage and oppression and and stirring them to do these terrible things but the reason the democrats hate trump so much is he's completely disrupted their plans by enacting policies that put america first they wanted america last they wanted globalism and he has stepped in and he said no and so he's actually that's why they 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 try to say well he's a they try to use that mean n-word, associate him with evil old German people, and because of being a nationalist, a patriot, and all he's doing, he's putting the good of our country first, instead of putting our country at peril to do what's best for the global. And he's right, If every, every country should do that. Every country should put their people, their citizens first, period. And I've said this million a million times before that... A reminder that God is the one that instituted nations. God is the one that did that. He did that back in the Tower of Babel because what were they doing? They had a global government. They were all in one place, all the people, all of humanity, and they decided that they didn't need God, that they were going to build a tower to heaven and take over. And God said, no, you're not going to do that. So God divided the languages. He confused their speech. And he split people up into nations, into countries. And I don't think that it is his will I think that it is against God's will for us to be trying to come together as a global government. I don't I don't think that that's what he wants. So I think that we will be one government when we're in heaven, when sin is gone, and when we were in, like 1 Corinthians 13 says, when perfection comes. When we're there and we have one Lord, which is the King of kings and Lord of lords. But until then, humanity is not fit to rule itself. Not under one. Not under one government. No way. But I am seriously also convinced that probably 99% of the people um, in this country that hate our president, they only hate him so passionately because they've been brainwashed and indoctrinated by the mainstream media, by the mockingbird media. I just did a several months worth of research and it ended up being 
four, a four part series of videos. Uh, if you haven't seen the, the mass media mind control series on the website, go to the, go to that page. It's the four videos together take about the length of a movie to watch. They're 20 to 30 minutes a piece. And I found so much crazy information that I, I seriously, I wish everybody could see, could see those videos just to hear the information that, that I found. But the truth is when you strip away everything else, all most of us really want is to know that the people that we love are cared for, that, that they're safe, they're happy, they're provided for, everybody's healthy, and that everybody gets what's fair. And that's really all that we want, honestly. Politics and this craziness, this divide is really causing a lot of confusion with people. Even this morning, the big topic in the news today is about Netflix. And this movie, they released this movie, Cuties, which is, it's a foreign, it's, I think it was made in, in France or something, but it's supposed to be, supposedly supposed to be this commentary on the exploitation and, and, and premature sexualization of preteens, uh, especially, especially girls, and, and the, the exploitation of them. But really, it's really, you don't even have to watch the movie to know that that's not what it is by any means, because... The first controversy was when their trailer, no, 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 the poster, the movie poster came out. And it's about this 11-year-old girl who grows up in this, she's in this really conservative Muslim family. And she makes friends with this troop of dancers who are also her age, but they're a twerking dance group. And she, it's about her, like, supposedly discovering her, you know, femininity and, and kind of a, they call it a coming-of-age film or whatever. But... Apparently the end of the movie, and I don't really care if I spoil it for anybody, is she 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 does this this dance with them, and she doesn't like it, and so she ends up running home and putting on a sweater and buttoning back up and, and choosing her conservative family values. But the fact is, okay, if you want to make a movie with that message, that's fine, but you don't have to have 11-year-old girls twerking and dancing in ways that would make, you know grown strippers embarrassed to I mean you've got 11 year old girls in, in very homosexual type of sexual positions touching themselves and you've got it's disgusting disgusting I saw one clip of it there is a I saw a preview of it this clip of uh, and it was you can't even I don't even I don't even recommend anybody watch it but that's the big discussion today all the news and everything and the funny thing is, is that I have friends on Facebook who are they are totally hate Trump like with a passion hate him and there, and what, so one girl that I know, she posted something about it and somebody posted something, uh, commented on it like negatively, like she was wrong for saying what she did. And another one of this girl's friends came up and said, Oh, what? She must be a Trump supporter. And I was like, wait a second. What? You think that just because you think that Trump supporters and Trump isn't a supporter of evil, then we automatically support like, like this disgusting, like pedophilic type of. No, you know, so I kind of jumped in there and I spoke and I said, look, I said, I don't know what this girl's issue is. And, and I did look at her page and she, she was a, a, you know, she did have a lot of conservative stuff on her page, but I said, I don't know what her deal is, but I agree with you hundred percent. I don't think anybody in their right mind disagrees that kids should be protected from all forms of sexual deviancy, period, no matter what way they're kids They're that should not, that just should not be. You know, I even commented, I said, look, I, I don't know what's going on on y'all side, but on the conservative side, I said, all the conservative media that I'm hearing this morning is, they're even upset that the liberal media is not 
showing more upset about this. So, so this is kind of something that we all agree on. And I think most things are like that. If you strip away the brainwashing and the virtue signaling and the, the social justice issues and all this kind of stuff, I think that you'll find that most people, we all agree on the same stuff. We all want things to be fair. We all want the people we love to be safe and cared for. And that's basically it. Again, until our sin nature gets in the way. Because when our sin nature gets involved is when you have things, people saying things like, I don't think it's fair for billionaires to have all this money, but I shouldn't have to work. You should just give me part of your money because that's just not fair type of stuff. And and this the craziness that we're seeing now. And I also think, and I, I don't think I'm, I'm quite convinced that they have been laying the foundation for this stuff for decades within our own public education system. And it goes all the way up into our colleges now that they have created this viewpoint that, that, that considers socialism, Marxism, and communism to be positive ideologies. I mean, the indoctrination is ridiculous. I've talked about that before, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more again on other videos and, and podcasts and whatnot. But, but the fact that you've got these kids that are like all about communism, they think it's like this fantastic thing. And I've, you know, I did a, I did a sermon on socialism before, and I, I talked about it. I said, I remember being a child and seeing the news when the Berlin Wall was coming down. And I understood even at that, at that age that, that you had one half of Germany that was under the socialist communist rule and one half that, that was more free and that that was a good thing. But they don't see it that way nowadays. But it's because we have a generation of kids that have been raised on participation trophies and safe spaces and all this craziness. And now we have created a monster because now all those little brats have grown up and now they're marching through the streets demanding, you know, that people give us back, give us back our houses because somebody who's one color worked hard and purchased a home. And so now somebody who's a different color thinks that because of the color of their skin, that they're now a victim and they have a right to demand whatever they want. So they're like interrupting these people in their sleep or threatening to burn their house down. You have to give us, give us back our homes. Um, get off your butt, get a job, fix your credit and buy your own house. I mean, seriously. Anyway, I think what we're watching today. We are seeing President Reagan, Ronald Reagan, his chilling warning, his, his warning, we're seeing it turn into a chilling prophecy when he said freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We have kids who are so spoiled and so very selfish nowadays that they don't care. They don't care about freedom. They care about give me free stuff. And, and they're, they just, I don't know what they think. They just think that freedom is going to always be there. I was having a conversation with somebody one time and, and they were saying that I think maybe a, you know, they said, I think that maybe a global government would be a good thing because then we would keep everybody in check. And my, I said, but you know, not every country in the world views freedom the way that America does. Not every country in the world values liberty the way that America does. Do you really think that if you enact a one world government, that all those other countries are, are just going to be like, okay, America, you can keep your freedoms. You can keep your liberties. Even though over here we have a social credit system that you can't screw up at all. Otherwise we don't let you earn money or we don't let you eat or we don't let you do this or that. If someone decides to report you for a lower, you know, lower social score, but in America, you guys can stay free. That ain't going to happen. You know, it's going to be reduced to the lowest common denominator and we'd all be under slavery. Just saying, just saying.
But the point of this, I want to talk about where we are today. I, and I want to talk specifically about some things that I have learned about Black Lives Matter. And we have to remember, keep in mind, that the ultimate goal for them is to make America into a communist country and eventually to have a one world communist government with they think that there's going to be a handful of people ruling the rest of us okay you have to remember that that is their end time goal so anytime we hear anything involving the words communism socialism marxism maoism any of these type of things leninism anything you have even including democratic socialism that is that is don't think that that's a good thing because it's not do we have social programs in America, you know, we have civil servants, we have our police, we have firefighters, we have things like that. Yes, we do. Okay, but there is a difference. There is a difference between, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that in just a second, but democratic socialism is still socialism. Don't, don't be fooled for the lie. It's candy-coated cyanide, okay? And it's not even that great candy-coated cyanide, just saying. But anything involving those words should sound off the loudest warning bells in possible in our brains because those type of things equal they're equal enslavement they equal loss of freedom they will equal totalitarian authoritarian control and i want to remind you that the bible says where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom there's liberty it's for freedom that christ came to set us free and not to be bound up again by the by the chains of bondage why do we want to dive back in to bondage by other humans we should be valuing, pursuing, seeking, loving, fighting for freedom and liberty, period. So I want to talk about a couple of interesting details about BLM that I've learned. And I've shared some of these on social media. But again, I want to put it all here in one place that you guys can share and, and have to, to discuss or whatnot. The funding. I found out something very interesting about, about BLM funding. Now, uh, if you follow conservative circles, you probably heard a couple months ago the how it it was, I know Q shared it first. I don't know who else came, who, where it came from before that. I think it might have been Candace Owens. But if you go to the BLM website and you go to the donate page, it takes you to a page called Act Blue. If you look at where Act Blue's money all goes, it all goes to the Democrat Party. All of it. It all goes to political. So, so if you donate money to BLM, you are in, actually donating to the Democrat Party. Keep that in mind. But... I was also curious about where BLM was getting their money, and I did some digging. Now, if you go to the Open Society Foundation's webpage, Open Society Foundation is George Soros. That is his main philanthropy, quote-unquote philanthropy, hashtag money laundering. But, so that's his main philanthropy. And starting in 2016, Open Society Foundation started donating millions of dollars to, to Borealis Philanthropy. And that money was earmarked for things like racial equality and police reform. Now, first of all, I, Soros has, this is not even his country. I don't know what business he thinks he has of interfering in how we run our country. I wish he'd get out of it. But he's not going to until he's made to stop. But anyway. So millions of dollars to Borealis Philanthropy for police reform, social justice reform. And... You, if you go to the Borealis Philanthropy's website, you also see where they passed on that money to Black Lives Matter. What else you find if you go to the Borealis Philanthropy website that I found super interesting is that Borealis Philanthropy is located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. If that 
country or city, excuse me, sounds familiar to you, it's because that's where all the rioting started with George Kirby and and getting his 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 the knee on his neck or whatnot. So and I call him that because that's what Nancy Pence Pelosi calls him too. But there's been a lot of questions around his death. But I do know that there were a lot of questions. People pointed out things on the footage. He was a Mason. He had 33rd degree Masonic tattoos on his chest. And if you look at the footage, there's no tattoos on his chest. There's just a lot of different things like that. But I think it's it's really weird that all this rioting and stuff started in Minneapolis. And that's where this philanthropy is located. But I also want to talk about BLM as an, as an organization and some of their ideologies and methods and whatnot. The founders of BLM, they have said, the, their names are Patrice Cullors, Alicia Garza, and, and I forget the other lady's name. But if you've been following any political conservatives, you've most likely heard this clip of co-founder Patrice Cullors from 2015 addressing the ideological framework that Black Lives Matter as an organization operates under. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Listen to what she just said. We are trained Marxists. Trained Marxists. That's communism. That's communism. I don't, I don't care what other way people want to put it. Marxism is communism. Karl Marx said democracy is the next step to socialism. And Vladimir Lenin completed that thought when he said socialism is a stepping stone to communism. They're all the same thing. They're just one is made to sound a little bit more righteous than the other. That's all that it is. There is nothing patriotic or good, righteous, admirable, respectable, honorable in any way about BLM's ideology. And there is certainly nothing honorable or respectable about their methods between the rioting, the looting, the violence, none of it. There's a clip that's been recently, and, and I don't know who the lady was, but she was one of the leaders of a place. And she was saying, yeah, the looting is good. The looting is good because the looting is reparations. The looting, if somebody loots a store, that's, that's how they have to feed their family. That's bull. Sorry, that's bull. If you weren't burning crap down and they could go out and get a job and work like the rest of us, then they could feed their family too. But talking about BLM, their ideology, their methods, it actually gets darker. It actually gets a lot darker. Not only is BLM run by communists, but they're also reliant on witchcraft and summoning demonic spirits. I'm not joking you. I'm going to play some audio for you. This is Melina Abdullah. She's the co-founder of Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, having a conversation with BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors. I want you to listen very closely to what she says. There's a very specific reason, especially why they talk about the hashtag say their name. Listen to what she says. She's fixing to tell you they use those type of things. They are literally summoning spirits when they say this stuff. Listen to this. Spirituality is at the center of Black Lives Matter. It's it's a it's a very important practice. Um, hashtags are for us are way more than a hashtag. It is um, literally almost resurrecting a spirit so they can work through us to get the work that we need to get done. And that, I think that's not just for us. I feel like so many leaders and so many organizers are deeply engaged in, in a pretty um, important spiritual practice. I don't think I could I could do this work without that. Um, it feels like, if I didn't do that, it would be antithetical to this work. 
um, and maybe I'm sharing too much, but we become very intimate with the spirits that we call on regularly. This movement is much more than a racial and social justice movement. At its core, it's a spiritual movement because we're literally standing on spilled blood. When we say the names, right? So we speak their names, we say her name, say their names. We do that all the time that you kind of invoke that spirit and then those spirits actually become present with you. Not even kidding you. This is this is their methods. This is they're actually practicing magic. They're practicing pagan rituals when they do this. But also, I found out more. What about the rioting? What about the burning everything down? Why are they burning everything down? This has been bothering me. This has been bothering me for a long time. Ever since this started, because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. First of all, yeah, seriously, if you're really for Black Lives Matter, why are you burning down businesses that belong to black people? Why are you doing that? Why are you, there's been so many, there have been so many black people that have had their livelihoods destroyed by this stuff. That makes no sense. But, but, if you actually look at the thought that everything about the BLM riots is to summon demonic principalities, then it makes a lot more sense. I'm going to read something to you. When I was doing this research, I did a little bit of digging into some of this West African pagan belief, you know, this, this type of like witchcraft type of things. And I found something interesting. The man's last name, I don't remember his, his first name, but his last name is actually also Patrice, like Patrice Colors, but he is a, a West African pagan, like a shaman for these things. And he was talking on his website. He does training for people in this practice. And he's talking about the, the, their belief with the, the elements of nature, you know, fire, water, air, earth, things like that. And he said something very interesting about their belief about fire. And I want to read you a clip off of his website. He says, in the indigenous mind, fire kindles and sustains an animating and pervasive energy in all that lives. It is in the water that runs. It is in the trees, the rocks, the earth, and in ourselves. It is the mediator between worlds since it is very close to the purest form of energy. Fire is the rising force that makes us do, see, feel, love, and hate. Fire has great power both outside of us and from within us. That is from the healing wisdom of Africa. And this is this gentleman's commentary on that. Fire, the first element of the cosmological wheel, is the mediator between the spirit world and this one. And it is seen as a most potent connection to the realm of spirits. A fire ritual opens the gateway to the world of the ancestors. Its function is to put us humans back on our spiritual track by consuming that which stands between us and purpose. The fire ritual also provides an opportunity to reiterate our commitment to walking our spiritual path. It's a doorway. They see it as a doorway between our world and the spiritual world. So they are setting everything they possibly can on fire to create this doorway. And then they start calling on these spirits when they hashtag say their name to come through those doorways. They are basically summoning demonic principalities to come and help them achieve their goal, which is to destroy America and, and to make America into a communist country. I'm going to say this. No Christian has any business standing in any kind of solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement, period. Because we now know that BLM actually has nothing to do with racial inequality 
or racial justice by any means. It's just the excuse. That is just the excuse that they are using to come in and start the riots, to keep the riots going, to cause the destruction towards their real ends. It's just the excuse. Truth be told, racism is purely, it's just sinful, period. And the only cure for sin is redemption through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. And in fact, the Bible gives us the actual cure for racism. It says, in Jesus Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. We are all equal in when we stand together as brothers and sisters in, in Christ. We are all have fallen short of, this, of the glory of God. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need salvation. None of us is, is above or below the other one. None of us is any different. We are underneath the layer of melanin in the skin. We are all the same. We all bleed the same. All of it. We all have same heartbreaks. We all have the same everything. The violence, the racism, greed, anger, hatred, all these things stem from one thing. They stem from sin period. And the answer is not, the answer to fix this is not with more sin. You, you don't fix sin with more sin. That's like saying you have cancer. So now we're going to give you AIDS to try to, to try to fix your cancer. That's not how it works. All these things are symptoms of the cancer and we need to go after the cancer period. The answer is for the church to look past the symptoms, to look past the racial stuff and the are you wearing your mask or not are, are you to look past all these things to come together and address the cancer that is sin that is the demonic strongholds that are taking over our country that are trying to take over our country that are that are dragging souls to hell with them as they kill them we need to stop attacking each other over petty issues and focus on who the real enemy is i have said that over and over again i keep talking about catching fire when they're in the arena Katniss is about to throw an arrow, shoot an arrow at Finnick and she sees he's wearing the gold bangle that Effie got Hamish. And he says, hey, remember who the real enemy is. He's telling her, I'm on your team. We need to remember who the real enemy is. And we need to stop with this, this petty stuff and stand against Black Lives Matter. Now, let me tell you something. Black lives absolutely matter. Every single person means the world to God, means the world to Jesus Christ. Every single person, I don't care who you are, how much you've done, I don't care if you or I were the only person on earth that needed forgiveness, that needed redemption from sin, Jesus would have come and, and died the exact same death on the cross that he did just to save you, just to save me. He loves each and every one of us that much. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much sin we've committed. It doesn't matter. We're all, we're all the same. We're all, all equal in his eyes. And let me tell you something. This is why I know that all this social justice crap and all this that they're doing, that they're trying to sound so holy and they're trying to sound so virtuous and righteous, which is what they, they do, but they're not. Let me tell you. So the woman who is running to be the first female vice president of our country to, to make history, she recently had a phone call with a man who had who had been under a restraining order for alleged sexual assault on a woman. He violated that restraining order, went to her house, took her keys, and then he took her children and proceeded to load his children, her children into his car and was in the process of kidnapping the children of his alleged rape victim when she called the cops. 
and the cops came, and as the man was fighting off the cops, walking away from the taser, going to his car to pull out a knife, which he admitted that he was fixing to go, he was pulling a knife out of his car to pull onto the cops, he got shot in the back seven times. So now he's in the hospital. Guess what the woman running for vice president of our country did? She called the alleged rapist and told him how proud she is of him. But guess what? You want to know what black lives matter? To me, what about those children that he was in the process of kidnapping? What about the woman? What about the mother of those kids who was probably terrified that this man who had allegedly sexually assaulted her um, was now in the process of taking her children that she may never see again? I talk to women every day who, who have, are in that boat who have lost their kids to abusers and things like that. And her life matters to me, very much so. But look who, who's being held up. Who are they writing? They're writing the name of the of the alleged rapist. The NFL put his name on their on their helmets. What about the woman? What 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 about the, the woman that he was victimizing? What about her? She matters. She matters very much so. All these people matter. We need to stop listening to the social justice, to the mainstream media, to all these things, and like put all that stuff to the side and get down to what actually matters. Get down to the people and get down to to what's actually going on. I'm going to leave it here. I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, stay tuned. I'm going to keep doing more of these and I will talk to you guys later. Make sure to leave a comment. Send us a message. If you are on a Google device, don't forget to download the app. You'll get notifications. And I just actually added a cool little feature onto the Google app. If you see something, a new story, something you think about that you want to remind yourself later, or even if you want it, you know, for a grocery list, but there's a notebook on the app now that you can just click on it and open up the notebook. And if you see something that you find interesting or, or whatever, you can start taking your own notes for things. So download the Google app, make sure you share it. And uh, if you do not have a Google phone, if you have an Apple device, make sure you follow us on Facebook. I send the same notifications to the Facebook page. Just search Prov2012, P-R-O-V-2012. That comes from our verse, Proverbs 2012, eyes to see and ears to hear both are gifts from the Lord. You can find the app on the Google Store the same way. And uh, make sure to visit our merch store. I've got some t-shirts up there that are very cool. And leave a comment. And I love you guys. Peace out.